Welcome to another edition of Across the County. I'm Noah. Thank you so much for joining me. Well, I was just telling my guest off the air that this story that we're talking about today, so many more avenues and tentacles than I actually believed that it had. I first heard about it a couple of weeks ago that Pastor John MacArthur of Grace Community Church, Grace to You Ministry on K-Praise, if you're listening on K-Praise, uh, fine ministry, 8 to 8.30 every weekday morning, was going to have their parking lot lease revoked, taken away, because they weren't adhering to what the state of California, I think the city of Los Angeles, was telling them, which was, hey, you got to have church services outdoors. You can't be doing these inside. So I'm going to bring on my guest, and we're going to start there and uh, just branch out and see where it goes. My guest is Phil Johnson, and he's the executive director of Grace to You Ministry, and he's the, the... uh, voice also, you hear him every morning you listen to the fine program, the announcer and a host of Grace to You, which is now heard on uh, nothing big, about 900 outlets nationwide. And he's also an elder at Grace Community Church in Sun Valley, California. Well, with that said, Phil, welcome to the show, my friend. I'm so glad we were able to get you on. Thank you, Noah. Thanks for having me. So first off, let's start where I kind of led everybody to, which is, have you guys had your parking lot revoked, or is that still in flux there? That's still in, well, actually, I don't know that it's in flux. Uh, they gave us a 30-day notice, and um, they, they haven't filed uh, uh, what they need to for our attorneys to respond. But my understanding is that the legal team who represents the church is uh, planning to respond to that and ask for a uh, a stay or an extension of some kind. But if not, uh, I think at the end of this month, uh, just about two weeks from now, uh, we'll lose a big section of our parking lots. It's unbelievable. I mean, just the insanity of these forced closures. They've been talked about by so many different people. And now judges are coming out and saying in Ohio and in Pennsylvania, and they have the law to back it up. These are not constitutional, not even under the guise of a health emergency, we don't by law have to give up our freedoms. And that's what's trying to be taken from not only the people of America and California, but even locally right there at your very own fine church there in Sun Valley saying, you guys can't have services indoors, but you guys can and by law should be able to. Yeah, right. You know, that that's the First Amendment that uh, there shouldn't, there's not supposed to be any law that restricts the free exercise of religion. And uh, there is, you know, of course, a provision for health emergencies, but that even that is supposed to be a maximum of 60 days, I think, or something like that. Oh, yeah, we're well past that. We're far beyond that. And the, the reason that was given for the quarantines in the first place was to flatten the curve, to, to slow down the rate of infl- infection so that hospitals didn't get uh, overwhelmed. And the hospitals are not being overwhelmed. And yet uh, the government has been reluctant uh, or actually refused to give up some of the powers that they've taken from people. Yeah, not only have the hospitals not been overwhelmed, but now you're actually hearing about all these false positives so people aren't trusting the testing. And, you know, it's very common knowledge that unless you're 75 plus with comorbidities, you're going to get through this regardless. And they still don't want to let up on these emergency uh, powers and edicts that they've placed upon the church and, you know, our land here in California across the nation. Right. Well, we've been having uh, packed services for 10-plus weeks. Actually, I think it's close to 15 weeks now we've been meeting, and there hasn't been an outbreak at our church. Uh, 
Um, and in fact, I don't know of anyone who uh, has either tested positive. Certainly, no one is hospitalized. And and uh, the only deaths we've had in our church have been from other causes. And one of the one of the real tragedies of the whole situation is that uh, with with all the limitations in effect, you can't have decent funerals or memorial services for people who've died. Their families can't be with them when they die. In many cases. Uh, we had a we had a staff person this morning whose wife had to go to the hospital for uh, some kind of medical crisis, and she was while she was in the merg- emergency room, he wasn't allowed to be with her. He had to you know sort of wait out in the car. Oh, geez. And um, so you have all those sorts of inconveniences. Meanwhile, suicide rates are up. Uh, people are depressed and and lonely and and uh, you know we have the gospel we have the answer to people's fears and and loneliness and uh the church needs to get back together and have fellowship so our people did that more or less spontaneously um and people just started coming back about i don't know four or five weeks into the quarantine and um um from there it grew and grew until now on a typical sunday we're having 6 or 7000 people it's hard to count them all because they're huh. all over the campus. They fill the auditorium. They fill the tent that's, that's been erected great. outdoors. They fill the gymnasium and several large classrooms. So the campus is packed with people, and lots of them are people who'd never been to Grace Church before. They were either members of other churches or people who didn't even go to church. But the circumstances of the quarantine have made them look for a place where they can go and hear the good news and fellowship with people. And so our churches are... Our church is packed. You know, even in the short term when the American people, which are so compassionate, said, okay, you know what, I'm going to give up some of my freedoms, and yeah, we'll listen to what the state officials are saying, and we're, you know, we're going to stay locked down so nobody gets infected. When we had the facts that were given to us, it, but now the, that those facts, they're not really holding up, and so those people want to, of course, get back to their daily lives. And you brought up an excellent point because mentally and emotionally and spiritually, people are really being affected. And going to church is one way that is going to, the main way that's going to get them back in the right headspace and get them back connected to God again. Yeah. Yeah. And you talk about health issues. Uh, one, one particular Sunday morning, the uh, temperatures in the San Fernando Valley were above 110 or mm-hmm. around 110. And um, so you're making... Elderly people sit in a 110-degree temperature with masks on because that's supposedly better for their health than, you know, normally worshiping indoors. It A lot of it just doesn't make sense, and um, and yet it's being enforced uh, with zeal by certain government officials. I love what John MacArthur said, because uh, he's argued that he's not just holding these services indoors because he wants to be rebellious against the state. I, that's not how he operates. He wants to do it, and he is doing it because our Lord God has commanded him and us to come together. I love that answer. Right, and and it's the church that needs to come together, the, not just part of the church, but the fellowship, uh, the fellowship of all the saints. And um, uh, under the rules that are in place, there's a multi-page document that the that the county has put out uh, telling places of worship what they must do in order to meet. 
And it's just a, a page after page of onerous restrictions that really would make it impossible for our church to gather anywhere. There is no place outdoors that's large enough to build a tent that's large enough and have restroom facilities and everything else you need to keep everybody both socially distanced and meeting together in the same place at the same time. There's no venue in all of Southern California that would enable us to do that. Um, uh, so, it, it, Where it might work for a smaller church, which is fine, and I like smaller churches, uh, you have a congregation of thousands of people, that's just not going to work, and that's not going to allow your church to operate. Right. Well, and I have to tell you, and that's where they're like, all they have to do is meet outside. Again, but with thousands of people, you can't do that. And it's on Thursday, a judge issued a temporary restraining order. He directed your church to refrain from holding these indoor services, saying that there is an immediate threat to public health and safety due to COVID-19. Yet, as you just attested two moments ago, you haven't had any concerns with the outbreak in, in the church. Yeah, that's right. I mean, we, you know, everybody's been exposed to viruses for all of our lives. We have flu epidemics every year. Nothing new. Right. This is, so, uh, so how is this significantly different? I agree. It's probably a more, uh, a more dangerous virus for older people than a typical flu virus. Protect the older people then, right? Yeah, right. In fact, we've done that. We've encouraged people, if they have comorbidities or or health problems that otherwise make it difficult for them to breathe or get out they don't need to come we we live stream the services but for people younger people especially and young parents and children uh to exclude them from going to church is an unnecessary restriction and it's precisely the kind of thing that the first amendment is designed to keep the government from making rules about they're they're not able they don't have the authority to tell us how and when and how many can worship. Yeah, it's the severe overreach, and a lot of people, even businesses, are, I know there's several businesses going into what is hopefully not, but most likely another California more restrictive lockdown, are saying, you know what, we're staying open. We have a livelihood. It, You know, they're obviously 14th Amendment, I believe, rights are being violated, and they need to have a living, and they're staying open. And, you know, hats off to them, because this is enough's enough. Yeah. Yeah, and the government is talking about making this uh, indefinite. And uh, if you listen to what the governor has said, um, he's he's looking towards 2021 already, speculating that the the lockdown is going to go well into next year. That's unreasonable, and um, it, it's it, it, it's unconstitutional for churches. Uh, if I were a small business owner, I would say that's unreasonable for small businesses as well. Noah here and across the county. My pleasure to have Phil Johnson from the Grace to You Ministry, Grace Community Church, on the program with me today, Executive Director at Grace to You. And you can hear Grace to You 8 to 8.30 on Praise. And I highly suggest you check it out if you're listening on The Answer San Diego. You need some spiritual uplifting. John MacArthur, I know nobody better than Senior Pastor John MacArthur to bring the Word of God. And then I read this in the Christian Post today, and my jaw just about dropped open. I was like, okay, it's a challenge. They're hopefully going to get through this. I support them. In the Christian Post, I read the headline that the Grace Community Church, Pastor John MacArthur... He's telling them to bring it because now L.A. is threatening jail time 
This just blows my mind. Yeah, I, I, uh, I'll be very surprised if they go that far with it. I think it's a, I think it's a threat. But the truth is, uh, it might get to that point. And uh, what John has said is, you know, the Apostle Paul spent time in, in jail. He spent a lot of time in jail, and um, if that's what this takes, I think he's prepared to do it. Yeah, he's a man of conviction, and, you know, I think I was reading in the article, he's got no problem with, you know, opening a jail ministry, if that's what he has to do to spread the Word of God. Right. So what was it like for you, I want to ask you personally, Phil, as this pandemic kind of transpired late February, early March, the the full lockdown was horrific for just about everybody. Uh, What was the response? Was the church closed right away? And how are you handling it as being somebody that's so involved with Grace Community Church? Yeah, as I recall, the the lockdown originally was announced on a Thursday at the end of March, and uh, we had our elders meeting that night. It was regularly scheduled, their elders meeting, and discussed, you know, what are our options here? And we said, you know, we don't know how serious this virus is. It could be a threat to many people in our church. So let's go along with it uh, for a reasonable time and see if, if you know, let's find out what the facts are. And so we, we followed the restrictions for, I think, four or five weeks. Um, and it was very strange the first Sunday uh, I needed to be there. Uh, there were only maybe 10 people in the auditorium when John MacArthur preached. He was preaching to basically an empty auditorium. There were a few of us there who had things we had to do as support ministries to to have it done. But uh, it was a bizarre feeling to be in that large auditorium and no one else, and John MacArthur preaching a sermon that was being live-streamed all over the world. Um and that went on for three or four weeks. But uh, as I said, people just spontaneously began to start coming back. They, they, uh, you, you begin to feel the, the lack of fellowship after a time like that. I mean, a month is a long time to miss sure. the fellowship of the saints. And we couldn't have communion. We, we couldn't have fellowship with one another. People began to come back at first, just 100, 200, 300. The, the audience would grow each week as people learned, well, people are coming. And, and uh, um, finally, we decided, let's, let's just open the campus to anyone who wants to come. And they began to come back into thousands. Yeah, online can only take you so far. I mean, you know, you can obviously hear the word um, being spoken through, you know, through John or whatever other pastor you're happening to listen to, and that's great. And you can tell people that you would go to church with you, call them up, you can have a Zoom meeting. It's not the same. You're not getting that genuine fellowship where you're around your fellow brothers and sisters. Right, yeah. And Scripture's full of exhortations to the saints, when you gather, Paul says numerous times in 1 Corinthians, when you come together, uh, greet one another with a holy kiss, uh, uh, and and all of that. Uh, Scripture assumes that the saints will gather on a weekly basis, and um, that's what the church is supposed to do. It's actually built into the, the, the Greek term, ekklesia, for church, means called out ones, called out together, called out to to come together. It's an assembly. Hmm. And uh, if the saints don't assemble, those who are true saints feel the lack. And, uh, and that's why they begin to spontaneously come back. We didn't have to tell our people, you need to come back. 
they were saying, when can we come back? We, we, we can't keep, we can't keep in quarantine forever. We need the fellowship of the saints and the teaching of the word in person is, is significantly different from when you're, you know, sitting in your pajamas with a cup of coffee, watching a live stream. It's not the same as sitting in church and with your Bible open, listening to the preacher in a context where other people uh, are, are there with you being taught and sharing the same teaching, you know, fellowshipping with one another. You, you can't you can't fake that with online live streaming. It's just not the same. And I, and I think true saints feel the lack of that. One of the signs of... Uh, a true believer, according to the Apostle John in 1 John, is that we love the brethren. And one of the ways we express our love for each other is that desire to gather together and have fellowship. You know, and it's really it, it, it's it's really poignant what you just said, because you have people, even if they take the virus seriously and they believe the numbers that are out there and they, you know, and, and they want to be cautious, you have people in the church life, you have people in business life, you have ordinary Americans, uh, parents, and they just want to get back to it. They're ready. They know what they have to do to stay safe. And they're just like you said especially your church they're wanting to come back now hey when when can we come back next sunday okay let's do this that's right so there's the temporary ban on indoor services you guys are still having the indoor services and they're saying it's because the case county in it obviously has spiked now do you be, here's my question to you you don't have to answer if you don't want to do you believe in the numbers that are out there do you believe in these positives you know they moved away from the death count and now it's all about the case count. Oh, well, that's another that's another case count. Oh, we can't we can't have indoor services for churches. I think that's a little ludicrous myself. Yeah, I agree. And but even the case count is going down. I noticed I looked it up today. It is. Uh, it and is. just in this week it's it's gone down from 4,000 to 2,000 something here in California. Um, but uh, you know, you ask me if I believe it. I can't believe it because I they keep changing the facts. They keep changing the story. I don't know if you saw the story, uh, I think it was yesterday it came out, of uh, some emails that were covered in, uh, that were uncovered in Tennessee, some private emails that came to light between government officials uh, where they were actively and aggressively trying to inflate the the count and hide the fact that the count was lower than, than what they wanted to report. Uh, because they understood, I think, that if the populace understood that the the infection count and the fatality count was as low as it was, uh, they wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't stand for the quarantine. Yeah, indeed. And, and, and even here... out that government officials are deliberately deceiving people like that, it yeah. makes it hard to just buy the... The narrative. I agree. And even here in San Diego, they're mandating that if you're going to school, that you have to be uh, in the colleges, you have to be tested. And so now you're having San Diego State University students that are putting us over the threshold of being at a whatever color code we're at. I believe we're at red and they want to downgrade us into purple because after the testing of the students, now we have too many cases. Yep. And you always want to ask, you know, are, are these 
symptomatic cases, or are they just positive tests? Exactly, exactly. Because a lot of the positive tests are people who never even experience a, a symptom. They, they test positive, and so technically they have the, they've been exposed to the virus, but they never get sick. Uh, and that's always my question. Are these people actually sick, or are these just positive tests? That's why they moved away from the death count, and they have moved to the positive coronavirus numbers because they realize the numbers just aren't there. More people die of the flu, more people die of swimming pool accidents and drowning than of COVID-19. Yeah, yeah. And I, you, I imagine you saw the uh, interview a couple of weeks ago, or maybe it was last week, with the, uh, the head of the health department in Los Angeles County. When they asked her how long this is going to go on, she said, till the election. Oh, yeah. She sort of gave up the story there that there are political reasons why this is being extended. Uh, and, you know, we're now six months past the original two weeks to flatten the curve. That, that is such an excellent point, because we were all told right away, so we wouldn't panic, hey, two weeks, flatten the curve, don't worry about it, back to business as usual, most likely, let's see how this plays out, and now it is going into almost October, and a lot of these lockdowns are mostly still in place. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why I am so, I'm proud of you guys up at Grace Community Church. Uh, how has the support been overall from the congregation as far as, you know, you guys are dealing with, you know, threats of John going to jail and the parking lot being taken away? So obviously it affects the congregation. How has the support been? Yeah, you know, it's been remarkable. And um, um, I have to say that, that, uh, you know, John is heroic. We all can see that. And uh, there have been stories about him on the on practically every talk show oh, yeah. and, and all that. You appreciate his courage and all. But what I think doesn't get noticed by a lot of people is the courage, the similar courage of all the people at Grace Church who are coming. They don't know every Sunday if they're going to get cited or fined or, you know, even arrested, um, charged with contempt of court. The, Isn't that a wild thought, Phil, just that, okay, I was cited or I'm in contempt of court for going and worshiping the Lord. Right. I I mean, I know it's in the Bible. It's uh, technically it's persecution, but it just blows my mind. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't think I'd ever see it in my lifetime, but, (laughs) but it is remarkable. I think that the people of Grace Church uh, who, who don't necessarily understand what's all going on in the legal system. I know I don't. Uh, we don't get all the information about what the judges are saying, what the court documents say. And when you see the court documents, some of them seem indecipherable to a layperson like me who doesn't understand the law. But yeah. um, nevertheless, people's attitude has been, regardless of the consequences, I'm going to go worship Christ. My loyalty is to Christ first, and then I render obedience to Caesar within his jurisdiction. But when he oversteps his jurisdiction, I don't owe obeisance to to Caesar. You know, and I wish this would be an inspiration, and maybe it has been to other churches across the nation, especially in the state of California, where it's a little bit more locked down. Uh, Because if they see all these churches standing up, my guess is, hey, maybe they would back off and say, you know what, we, there's, there's nothing we can do about it. These guys are exercising their free speech and worshiping the God that they believe in, which is our Lord God Almighty, and let's just let them do it. Right, and I think, I think that is happening on a small scale at the moment and probably will happen 
more and more as time goes by and people see there's there's no outbreak. Um, and lots of smaller churches are beginning to meet together. You don't hear about them because they don't make the news sure. or whatever. But I'm thankful for those pastors and church members who show that kind of courage and and fidelity to the Lord uh, in a in a move that, frankly, isn't popular right across the culture. You know, there are lots of people sure. who will scold you and say... You're you know, being insensitive, you're, Phil. Yeah. Yeah, you're not showing love to your neighbor or whatever. Um, yeah. More wrapping up here and across the county. I'm with Phil Johnson, the executive director of Grace to You. Senior Pastor John MacArthur just really just showing so much courage and his devotion to Christ by standing up and preaching the word, letting the congregation come into Grace Community Church up in Sun Valley and thousands of, of attendees just, that speaks of itself right there. It's not just trickling in as it was at first, but now you have everybody just ready to get back at it again. So where do we stand with the parking lot situation? I just want to wrap up with that. Now you said there's kind of like a 30-day notice that was given to the church, Phil, that uh, you have to comply by? Right. As it stands right now, we lose, I think, something close to 200 parking spaces. These are uh, parking spots that uh, that line the wash, you know, the concrete river that sort of runs through the middle of the church property. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's an easement on both sides of that wash that is owned by the county, but they rent it to us for parking spaces. And they're saying, you can't use that anymore. So uh, big strips that run through... All, both of our major parking lots uh, are affected by this. We'll lose 200 parking spaces, which, you know, doubles the difficulty of uh, of meeting outdoors. At the same time, they're saying you need to, you know, meet in that tent in your parking lot. But we're taking away a massive section of your parking lot, which makes it more and more difficult to uh, to follow any of their oh yeah instructions. And it looks and and smells vindictive. It's just a vindictive move on the part of the county. And whether the courts will permit it or not, I don't know. Um, but if so, as it stands right now, we'll lose those 200 parking spaces, possibly permanently, oh boy. Uh, at the end of this month. Well, people will still drive and park somewhere else, even to worship at Grace Community Church and hear John speak, because that's the power of the message that he preaches, and uh, John's a tremendous guy. Right. And these are exciting times to live in. I, I, you know, it's people constantly talk about how difficult 2020 has been. And on a certain level, on an earthly level, it has been. But it's really an exciting time to be a believer and, and wrestle with these issues and realize that when Jesus said, you know, you, those, who, those who live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution, uh, Scripture means that. And uh, it is a privilege to be counted worthy to suffer for Christ's sake. And I think our, our people feel that. Yeah, amen to that. And just like you, I didn't think I would even see it in my lifetime. And I often when I sit and pray, I was like, wow, you know, technically, yeah, this is definitely a form of Christian persecution. So hopefully we're able to beat this and go through to the other side and get things back to normal. People say the new normal. I want to get back to normal. But if this continues, we have to persevere and uh, just keep uh, fighting the fight. Amen. Any closing thoughts, Phil, as we uh, wrap up here? And uh, to just any encouraging words for our listeners? 
No, just be faithful. And thank you to all people everywhere who uh, who let us know you're praying for us, you stand with us. Uh, we appreciate that. We love that. We are encouraged by it. And, um, and we thank you for your support. What's the website to grace to you? gty.org. Go to gty.org, and you can listen as well, 8 to 8.30 on KPraise, 12, 10 a.m., FM 106.1 North County. If you're not familiar and you're listening on The Answer San Diego, please check it out. Pastor John MacArthur delivering uh, just tremendous ministry each and every day there. Phil, thanks for taking a couple of moments of your busy schedule and just sharing your heart of what's going on up there, and maybe we can have you back on here in the future, sir. All right. Thank you, Noah. It's a privilege. No one across the county. Stay tuned. There's more coming up.